Welcome to the Elite Life with Trisha and Kylie. This is where we'll teach you how to develop grit, give yourself grace, and succeed in real estate. So let's dive in. What's up, everyone? Thanks for joining us on Elite Life. Um, I'm Kai. That is my name today. And I got Trish here with me. And today we're bringing you a super amazing interview with our friend Rob Velasquez with Stride Solutions. He is here. So say hello to everybody. Hey, everybody. Thank you guys for having me on here. I appreciate it. Yeah, we are super excited to have you. And just to give our listeners a little bit of an idea of what Rob and his partner, Stephen Andrew, are into, these three have created a powerhouse that provides business solutions to support an entrepreneur in the marketing and communication space, all while saving business owners time and money which we business owners love. Yeah, time is money. So that's a win-win-win, as, um, you know, Michael Scott would put it. But (laughs) before we jump into all of that goodness, Rob, why don't you just tell us a little bit about who you are and where you came from and how you got here? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, naturally, I'm a Michigander. Uh, a mittenier, if you will. That's right? good. Dirty uh, mitten. That's what we call it. Yeah, dirty <laughs> that so, sounds like the name of a very special club right on the border of Detroit and Hazel Park. <laughs> Woo! Eight mile. <laughs> uh, that's close to me, so I'll have to try and find one. But, uh, but you know, yeah, I, uh, I grew up here in Michigan, born and raised. Um, so, you know, uh, growing up, I was an athlete. You know, I played football, baseball, basketball, hockey. That was like my life. That was what I was dedicated to. I know most people are student athletes. I was more of an athlete student, right? Rock on. That's Um, like my kid. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, you know, the whole school thing was cool. I kind of just showed up because that's where my friends were for eight hours a day and I could hang out with them, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so after high school, which uh, I went to high school at Dearborn Divine Child, um, you know, a lot of my friends went away to college Mm -hmm. and uh, I was still at home. Um, I didn't want to go to college. It was something that I was battling with my parents. And, you know, luckily for me, no college even accepted me on my application. <laughs> so I didn't even have the chance to go. It was like uh, Henry Ford Community College or not, right? Yeah. And uh, But what was cool was in that time, uh, I started working. It actually, uh, my, my first job was at a family restaurant, you know, being a server, um, bartender, and, and waiter. And what I loved about that was the idea that if I gave you good service, I'd get a good tip. If I gave you great service, I'd get a great tip, right? And it was cash every single day. Right. Um, And just through doing that, you know, there was one time where a guy had came into the restaurant and uh, I I guess I just did my thing, right? I I asked him if he wanted extra sauce a little too often or, you know, (laughs) kept his drinks refilled. And uh, he had asked me if I ever thought about being in sales. And my response at that time, you know, I'm only, what, 17 I was like, you know, I, I don't have sales experience. And he's like, you're selling me yeah. right now. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I was like, no shit, you know. So I actually ended up taking the job with that guy. And um, that was my introduction to the world of sales. And what I fell in love with there was even when you're in the service industry, sometimes great service or good service doesn't relate into yeah. the tip, Reason. right? Sure. Yeah. It happens. But in sales, every time you make the sale, you get the commission. Mm -hmm. I fell in love with that concept. And so from 17 to 21, I did everything from uh, door-to-door sales, cold call sales, uh, B2C, B2B. I mean, everything you could think of. And then I was also introduced to the world of network marketing. And so I know a lot of people have a negative connotation of it, you know, uh, meeting in your friend's garage or their mom's basement. And, you know, you're talking about starting your own business. Right. 
But what I will say is the takeaway from the network marketing industry for me, it wasn't the business model. Um, it wasn't the products or services that we sold, but it was the fact that that entire um, industry is literally like embedded in the personal development world. Yes. And so for me, I started reading books, listening to audios, honestly, listening to audios first. I, I, I don't read, clearly. That's why I wasn't <laughs> a good student. Okay. So, um, you know, I, but I got introduced to the world of personal development and that's where everything kind of started clicking for me, right? Um, uh, just started diving into understanding the way that really the mind works. And I'm not talking about manifestation. I'm talking about the more, in my opinion, um, you know, the, the things that really matter, which are persistence, positivity, right? Um, thinking outside the box, not going based on the status quo, not, you know, just doing the things that everyone else is doing. And uh, because of that, I worked for, I can't even tell you how many different companies and how many different industries, because the one thing about me is that I was never afraid to start over. Yeah, I was never afraid to see a better, a bigger opportunity and say, okay, I'm going to disregard everything that doesn't serve me anymore. Take what does and start applying it here and just kind of start moving up. Right. So, um, when I was finally 21, crazy story, I was, Excuse me. I was uh, dead broke, busted and disgusted. Don't know how. <laughs> and um, I think Andy Frisella calls that the pissed the piss mattress. Yeah. That's exactly oh, yeah. what was I, in my mind as he's saying it. Out I of my head. was in the piss and shit stained mattress at that time. It <laughs> like was there bad. was some extra brokenness there. There was some extra, right? Like uh, my parents wouldn't even give me money at that time. Aww. It was like, you know, but um, it was great, you know, and obviously it led me to where I was. But um, I'll never forget the day I was sitting in, in my bed and I had written down because, again, when you're in door to door sales, it's like commission only. Um, at the other jobs that I had worked, it was like you got to go out there and find your own leads and generate your own business and all this stuff. And I remember writing it down. I'll never forget this. I wrote it. I am so happy and grateful now that I wrote it in the present tense as if it was already existed in my life. Right. Yeah. So I'm so happy and grateful now that I have a job that pays me a base pay plus commission. That was number one. Number two, I have a job that generates me all my leads. I never have to look for leads again. And number three was I now have a job that um, allows me to start traveling because I was also passionate about seeing the world and yeah. getting outside of Michigan, right? And um, that yeah. sounds like the dream. Like, can can we create that life for all of us? Literally, right? <laughs> you go somewhere amazing like 15 times a year. So I, I do, don't even but I still got it. a prospect. That's right. That's right. That's but, true. Um, you checked a couple of those boxes, but yeah. not all of them. Yeah, I want to do more international. I've done I've done pretty good for myself. Domestic travel, mm -hmm. international travel, I think is a big deal, and uh, I would like to do that a little bit more. Right. So many and places with sunshine and beaches. Man, it really is. It really is. <laughs> so I, I did that, and uh, I ended up, uh, weirdly enough, I ended up getting an opportunity that presented itself to me. I didn't find this company. I didn't even know it existed. Honestly, when I heard about it, I was skeptical because the last company I worked for, it was an acronym, a three-letter acronym, and, and so was this one. And I'm like, ah, it sounds like one of these things again. I'm like, right. shit, you know? <laughs> But um, no, it was it was an amazing opportunity company called RPM uh, Logistics and uh, their supply chain and logistics brokerage. And in three years, uh, I went from being the 37th employee in the company to helping them grow over 220 employees 
Um, we were doing over $300 million in sales, became a bicontinental business. That's amazing. Yeah. And uh, had the opportunity to move out to Europe because that's where they opened up an office in Amsterdam. And 72 hours before my flight, the entire world shut down. <gasps> right. Dude, there's so many parallels between your story and my story. Like when I got into Beachbody, that's when I got personal development, which is an MLM. I'd never even heard of the term personal development before. No and like I hit some sales quota and they sent me these books. And I was like, let me read this book. And it was like the compound effect. The compound and it was like, so good. change Hardy. your life. It it's changed my book. whole entire yeah. life. And yeah. then, like, I had got my perfect dream job working at, uh, for a corporate world, like, spending account, all the things, all the money, daycare, like, literally you're set. And then the subprime implosion happened. It was like, and now you don't have a job and you're a single mom. Good luck with that. Yeah. So, like, yeah. you're, you're speaking yeah. my language. I feel I feel this. But yeah, the other thing, friend. too, I noticed is, like, so many, like, we, we talked to so many high performers and top producers like you guys, and everybody did sports. I, yeah. It's the competitive oh, it's advantage, competitive right? You want to beat the other salespeople. Me and Andrew literally just talked about this yesterday, you know, um, because look, in business and when you have, I think, good partners, mm -hmm. you don't always agree on everything. Sometimes yeah. we have internal feuds. Mm -hmm. uh, literally, we had one earlier this week where I'm pretty sure the entire office building thought that WWE SmackDown was going down <laughs> in our office. And it was awesome because on the other side of that was clarity, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and personally, you know, if, if you can't get through that, like, I don't think you're really in business with the right people anyways, if you yeah. can't disagree sometimes. Um, but I, I was literally telling him where I learned that was I had a football coach and this was, he's to this day, the best coach I've ever had. Um, this coach, whenever there was two teammates who were arguing like on the team or like would get into pushing or shoving or fighting, he let us duke it out like a hundred percent. He let us duke it out because he had this ideology that if you're not willing to fight the people that you're on the same team with, your brothers, the ones that you love, why the hell would you be willing to fight your enemy, That's right? That's a good point. And literally the competitive nature, the, the team aspect, like sports, like I absolutely love it because I, you know, I, I say this to people and I don't think they really get it, but I hate losing more than I love winning. Yes. Right. One hundred percent. Like <laughs> you're wired the exact same as me. <laughs> Everybody is competing against me. Like I'll I'll tell these stories. I'll be like, this guy was in the gym next to me, and like we were racing, and Kyle would be like, did he know you were racing? I'm like, oh yeah, he totally he knew. knew, and I he won. initiated. And I'm over here rolling he my eyes like, yeah. you guys are too much at 7:30 in the morning. He initiated by sitting on the bike next 100%. to me. hundred percent. How dare you turn your treadmill up an extra point? You know, like. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so that was a good breakdown of where you came from yeah. and and how you got here. Yep. Um, tell us. So, you guys are in a very specific <clears throat> space in the industry. Sure. So, tell us a little bit more. It'll probably be the next phase of your story of how you found that specific space and where you like because you said you have no problem seeing an opportunity and maybe taking two steps back to take four or five steps forward yeah so share your share a little bit more about that and how you got through that kind of 100 percent in the middle of covid when everything right. shut down and everybody is like in the despair well if if anything from the books that we've read and the audios we listen to it always says right like the best opportunity comes in moments of fucking tyranny you know what mm -hmm. i mean excuse me uh of, of problem, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
So um, that's exactly what I did. Now, the backstory really is that when I was in corporate America working for this company, I had starting an, I had started an advertising agency that I was doing when I went home at night. Okay. Um, so my nine to five was, you know, director of sales for that company. But my five to nine was learning advertising for e-commerce companies. Right. Yes. And um, so it was interesting because even though that I didn't move to Europe, I had been removed from my domestic duties in the U.S. already. So I was waking up at three in the morning, getting on Zoom with the office in Amsterdam. And I was doing that every day for two months. And luckily for me, I had a really good relationship with the owner of the company. And, uh, you know, over multiple conversations and many meetings, I had told him, you know, I think that I'm ready for, you know, uh, an exit. I think I, I have an idea. I have a, a, a vision. And uh, I believe that this is the right move for me to make at this time. And he was so the the reason that I knew it was the right decision is because he supported me. Right. Aww. Like so much so like it, it was like I ended up doing it wasn't I put in a two week notice. I had put in like a month notice. Right. Like finished, did what I had to do, train the next person that was going to take my position. Um, you know, he gave me a severance like for leaving. Right. And I'm leaving. And he's like, here's some extra money to help you, you know, get things up and running. I'm like, amazing. You know, so it was like, um, when things align and stuff falls into place, like it works out better than you could ever imagine. That's what I believe. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and that's like your sign from God or the universe that like you're on the right path. 100%. So, um, you know, like I said, I had been doing it since 2019 uh, in May, and this was right around August of 2020. So I uh, started reaching out to, you know, the e-commerce brands that I was working with, and they were based out of Los Angeles. And I said, hey, listen, um, I'm looking to take on more responsibility. I don't even need more pay. I just want more responsibility. I want to be more embedded in your guys' process and what you guys are doing. And they were like, awesome. This is what you could do. Um, so I, uh, I ended up moving out to Los Angeles and I was out there for a year and a half. And uh, when I did that, you know, this, uh, this brand house that I worked with was a absolute like monster of a conglomerate in the e-commerce space. Um, CBD, cosmetics, and skincare was the mm -hmm. industries that they sold all their products online. Um, and what I had helped them do was create systems and processes for all of like their customer service, SMS, email, different things like that, uh, customer retention and all that. And through doing that, because they had so many different brands, we used every software, every platform, every you know CRM, phone system, all these different things that you could think of, right? And um, we basically, that means we dealt with every pain that you could deal with, right? right. You know, right. dealing with customer services that you, you send an email to and it takes 72 hours to get a response. Or you go on a live chat and they send you a list of FAQs that's supposed to be one, you know, response for every question. And it's like, this is kind of, you know, this is bullshit. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so um, we sought out to, you know, create our own platform. That's that was the problem that we saw. And we were like, man, if um, if we're dealing with this in the online world, imagine how everyone else feels. For and sure. so we we built out the software and we built out this platform and added additional services and things to it. Um, but where we're unique is that we're not niche in the industry that we service, but we're unique in the problem that we solve. Right. Um, so what that's done for us basically is it's allowed us to um, service everybody, pivot and flex, make it unique to whatever industry that we are. But it's 
it's like the same problem solving for everybody, right? Um, so big businesses, little businesses, uh, you know, national brands, local businesses, you know, local franchises, it, it really doesn't matter the size. Um, you know, we're confident that we can we can provide the solution for you. So tell us a little bit about like, what does that process look like? Like, how do you dig into your client's business? Like you walk into Elite Realty and you say, all right, Trish, like, what do you say? What do you do? How yeah. does, that, how does it work? A question. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> great question. Great question. So, you know, uh, again, even though that every uh, every solution ends up being unique, like we have a system that works for us. Right. Um, and it's funny, you know, system is an acronym. I don't know if anyone here knows this. I'm throw it out for the viewers. But system stands for save yourself some time, effort, money. Right? Oh, I didn't know that. There's a clip right there. And so Love we it. have a system that's in place that is, is supposed to be pluggable, you know, for anybody. Um, so what it looks like is, you know, we will come in, we'll understand what you're doing for marketing. So how are you generating leads? Right. How are you getting business in the door? Once you're getting that business in the door, what's your method to capturing that consumer lead, you know, businesses, data, whatever it is, right? Once you capture the data, what are you doing to nurture the data, right? Because some every business has a different sales cycle, right? right? Um, sometimes it's one level of exposure. Sometimes it's 10 levels of exposure. Sometimes you don't get a client for a six-month year turnaround. It, it just all depends, right? Mm -hmm. So we understand what your nurture sequence looks like, and we help go ahead and automate that, you know, alleviate. Because I think personally, again, I'm a sales guy. I'm not a software guy. Uh, I'm not a technology guy. I'm a sales guy. So, um, you know, the biggest thing that we wanted to solve was the biggest problem that, you know, industries have within sales, which is the follow-up, right? Yeah. If you could automate the follow-up, you could turn almost any salesperson into a, you know, a, a good salesperson, right? right. That's um, true. So we find out what the nurture looks like. And then the biggest thing and what we've learned and understood is most business practices haven't changed. Like ever since what happened in 2020, I know a lot of people like to think that business models and business practices have changed. It hasn't. What's mm -hmm. changed is the consumer. Mm. The consumer has changed in the way that consumers, um, you know, do research on a company, right? Find a company, you know, decide to go with the company. That's what's really changed. So we have a three-part sequence that we call the capture, the nurture, and the grow, right? And so the last part is we understand how are you turning your business into a review and referral generating machine? And if you're not, we have a process for that. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Super, super interesting, like all of that. And I know like you've worked with a lot of recognizable names like um, Lefty's Cheesesteaks, who I see, like after we had Andrew in, <clears throat> And talk to them about marketing. I had never heard of Lefty's Cheesesteak, yep. but now what? I see them all the time. Like, I drive by them on my way home, right? So and it's that good. brand recognition. You don't eat that right? anyways. If you're not eating left, you're not eating right. Oh, right, right, right. And then, of course, Aussie Elite Realty, like I just said, like we had, you know, Andrew in, he's done some marketing and stuff for us. Yeah. And then like a lot of even like local municipalities, I didn't like cities like Farmington Hills and Livonia, like are your solutions just for bigger companies or like what's your ideal, like what's your ideal client look like? Like how do you help the little guys and still help the big guys? Because those are such different animals, for right? Sure. For sure it is. Um, is it because you're like you just shared like your system? is so pluggable yeah i think that that has to do with it and i also think that you know um 
we pivot and we flex, right? That was the whole reason that we created our company was we didn't want to be the one size fits all. We want a custom fit to businesses. Now, given to, do we want to do a bunch of custom projects and like, th- like when we have companies that come to us and they're like, well, we want it to go like this. And we've gotten to the point now to where it's like, well, if that doesn't really fit into our scope, we're kind of deciding not to work with you, right? Mm-hmm. Because we have a have system and process that works. Yeah, like yeah. We, we know what works and uh, and we figured that out by figuring out what doesn't work. That's the only way, right? Yeah. And um, so in terms of, you know, if a company's small, we'll work with them, you know, it's just um, they got to understand that their results look a little bit different than a bigger company's results with That's putting great. our process. So it takes, uh, it's funny, we have our core values and uh, and our core values are that, you know, uh, working with us is basically you got to have faith and it takes a little bit of time, right? Mm-hmm. And faith is an acronym and, you know, time is the bottom of the uh, the core values. But, you know, um, it's just that for bigger companies, you know, they uh, also need to understand that, like, listen, the way that you guys are doing business is good and, and uh, you know, we want to make you great. So there's going to be some changes. There's going to be some growing pains. There's going to be some things within your systems and processes that need to, you know, be bent and changed and things like that. But, you know, there there really isn't. That's why I said earlier, there isn't so much a niche industry or a niche customer that we look for. It's the fact that, like, we implement the same process regardless of your shape, your size, your industry, um, because it works. Yeah, because you know? success leaves clues. It like does. I said, Don't fix what ain't broken. Right, but I mean, saying that, and this isn't on our questions list, so this is off the cuff. It's okay if you have to okay. take some time and think about it. Sure, but sure. like, I'm thinking from my business aspect, and it's always like, you have two departments, right? You have the sales department who like says the marketing department sucks; they get me crappy leads, and the marketing department that says the salespeople suck; they don't convert our leads. Like, how do you deal? Like, because you're working in a tough space. Like, that's a tough space. Everybody wants to say it's the other department's fault. Yeah. And and then at the end of the day, now you're coming in and saying, hey, we're going to work on both of these spaces. And they're like, no, the way we do it is the way we do it. Right. Yeah, like, it's yeah. hard to get people to change. I feel like especially salespeople. Right. 100%. Because like, I want to do the things my way. Right. So yeah, how do yeah. you deal with that adversity or like resistance or like come in yeah. there and kind of deal like massage the minutia yeah, and the, yeah, yeah. the egos. Right. Because salespeople got egos. We're like, we're great. Look at my Instagram. Ask right? for yourself. 100%. No, I. Trust me, we we deal with it, right? I mean, even internally, we deal with it. When we're trying to figure out what our OSS is, right, our optimized selling strategy, when we're trying to figure out uh, exactly what we want to market, what solutions we want to provide, and the way that we want to service people. Like, we've, the thing is, you got to understand that we're a business of ourselves. So all the pains that our clients are feeling, we've already felt, right? And we still feel. It's not like we're like, you know, uh, some magic, you know, company or whatever. Um, I think it's just that we're willing to work through it. Right. And so that's the number one thing is that like when we deal with our clients, we make sure that they understand that like, you know, this isn't a magic weight loss pill, right? This isn't just like some, some, uh, you know, wave of a wand and everything's going to be good. Like, you know, this is going to take some effort from you guys, but what our job is to do is to one first understand. Right. So that's what I'm saying is we do, a lot of back and forth. We do a lot of internal breakdown and and it goes two ways. First, we meet with clients. We understand the way that they're going about things. Then we come back and internally, we have our own strategy discussion. 
we say, okay, this is what we think would be good. Let's do this. Let's do that. Then we meet back with the client again. We give them the presentation. We love their feedback. And then we kind of go from there. So it's more of a, it's, it's a collaborative, you know, uh, process that, that we finally get to where we need to be with the client. And then from there, it's implementing it. It's tweaking it. You know, what we love to say to people is that our goal is to give you big tech results, but with a next door neighbor feel. Right. Nice. So it's like, like it's like, you know, um, strategy calls weekly, right? Monthly business reviews, like making sure that they understand that even if it is only ticking one tick in the right direction, like we're on our way. We're moving you know the needle mean? and that's what's We're important. moving the needle 100%. And, um, and, and things just, you know, they, they take a little bit of time. And obviously we do our best to condense time as much as we can. But there is there is a path that we got to take here. So, yeah. and that kind of brings me to the next question I was thinking about, like when you're saying condensed time, because I'm thinking, how many places do you walk in, and the owner is like, oh, our systems, you know, it just needs a little tweaking, and then like you start digging in, and you're like, everything that person said was bullcrap. <laughs> like yeah, they yeah. need a lot of tweaking, right? Yeah. Like no, 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 it happens a lot, and that's why you know, again, we're we're at a point in our business where we've turned down a couple clients, and I'm sure we'll turn down a few more, right? And and the reason that that is is because, um, you know, at the end of the day, shit, you wouldn't be looking for help if you didn't need it. You right. Know what I mean, clearly you're unhappy with something and uh, it's no, uh, you know, no attack at the business owner. But like what you're doing isn't working to get you the results that you want. So you got to try something new. You got to be willing to try something new. And again, we have our core competencies um, at the end of the day that we feel if implemented the right you know, way. Um, over a duration of time breeds the results that, you know, these business owners are looking for. So that's what we stick to. Yeah, you got to be open and be coachable, right? Like, that's what we learned from the personal development. I know before, like, I got into that personal development field, when somebody would come and talk to me, like, say, for instance, my business partner, Andy, right? Like, we used to have those knockdown drought. Like, we would both quit. Well, he mostly quit because I would don't be like, quit. I don't quit. But he'd be like, I'm done with this. Like, I'm not going to fight with you all the time. You so know? just like, I'm leaving this office in a box, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but once I started to do personal development and I understood like when he would come to me, it wasn't an attack on like me and how I'm doing business. It was, hey, if you tried this, this might work a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I always took it personally. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm doing the best I can. And, it, it, and I had to get to that space where it's like, they're not saying you're not doing the best you can. Yeah. They're not even saying what you're doing is wrong. They're saying right. maybe if you try to like this, you might be happier. 100%. And like that's that's huge. Like business owners, like you you have to say like how can I do this better all the time? Right. Like I do it on emails, on phone calls, on everything. Like and I like to ask a lot of people. Like if it's Kylie, if it's Andy, if it's this person, if it's that person. Like my whole life changed when I started being like. How can we do this? How can I do this better? How can yeah. I look at this in a different way? Because you have this whole background and story that makes you look at things this way. And you have this background and story that makes you look at things this yeah. way. And I just might not have that experience or that situation that I went through that would help me to just get past this one little thing. Of course, yeah, right? of course. And my thing, my biggest thing with that is that like, okay, especially when you're more green, like to, to being in something. Right. So like, okay, it's, it's a lot different when like you're the worker than when you are the business owner or like when you're the, um, 
you know, when you're the, uh, you know, salesperson versus being the sales manager and things like that. Right. And so like, for me, um, I like to think of it as, uh, I'll use the analogy of a, of a, uh, a sponge that you clean the dishes with. Right. So it's like, we learn all this information, whether it's going to be, um, you know, uh, personal learning that we went and did, right. Or it's a training program that we go through a course that we take, like whatever it is. Right. We're learning this information that is filling up the sponge with water. Right. And the thing is that eventually what happens to a sponge once it's full, like it doesn't take in any more water. Right. It's just the water's spraying off. So now how do you get the sponge ready to absorb more water? Well, you got to wash the fucking dishes. Right? <laughs> you got to literally scrub it and you got to put the work in with the sponge. And so I think that where a lot of people struggle with being, quote unquote, teachable and learning they just haven't put the work in enough to be ready to learn something else. And that's where the frustration comes is because now, you know, you're being told, hey, try this or do this, but they haven't tried enough with what they were actually doing. And so to, to figure out if like, hey, can I actually wash these dishes or like, can't I, right? Um, but the problem is, yeah, I, I just think that, you know, there's a there's a knowing doing gap and the only way to close that gap is obviously to put the work in right and if not you're like really frustrated all the time yeah, yeah. that's so awesome and insightful so we're gonna take a quick break to hear from our sponsors but you're gonna want to come back because we're gonna ask rob some more questions about how he keeps his life together and scales his business for success so come back don't move do you know more than 80 percent of real estate agents fail and quit in their first year of business MyStarsAcademy.com has set out to solve this problem by providing a convenient, expert-based training and coaching program for both agents and brokers. The Agent Accelerator program teaches agents everything they need to know to level up their business, have a constant flow of free leads, convert those leads into clients, and take those clients to the closing table and keep them coming back for more as repeat business. Our industry experts have years of proven success in the business and are here to share that gold through one-on-one -on -one coaching. This will help you achieve more structure and work-life balance. We will map you a plan you can follow, which will guide you through the steps to scale and grow in both your business and personal life. Don't be a statistic. Visit MyStarsAcademy.com and enroll today so you can get the success you deserve. Let's go. Let's go. And we're back. Thanks for joining us on Elite Life. If you are just catching up with us, we've got Rob Velasquez here from Stride Solutions. And he's just been breaking down all of the amazingness that him and his team bring to big businesses, little businesses, local businesses, international businesses to really help you scale and grow. And um, we have gone through so, I mean, he dropped so many nuggets in part, in part one here. So um, rewind if you're just joining us and catch those. But my next question is, um, a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs, like we talked about. And so we always like to ask and share, like, what tools do you use to keep yourself organized and on top of your business and make sure you're not letting anything fall through the cracks or anybody's getting away? Yeah, um, a planner. Uh, a planner is, is it actually, a paper planner or do you use Google Calendar with color I'm coding? Actually, I'm both. So uh, I love I love writing. Okay, so uh, I think that there's a hidden secret to the universe behind putting pen to paper. 
Um, and the reason that that is, I'll just touch on it real quick, is because, you know, anything that we want in the world is is uh, able to happen uh, in direct proportion to the amount of attention and focus that we give it. And the only two things that you can do that require 100% of your focus are reading and writing. So if I'm reading pages on a book and you start talking to me and I, I can't have a conversation with you and read the paper at the same time, it's True. literally impossible. Right. Similarly, writing. If I'm writing something down and I go ahead and I start you know, talking to you, I'm now writing the words that I'm saying versus the words that I intend to write. Right. right. So it requires 100% of your um, of your attention and focus. So I do have my, like my daily calendar, I keep on my phone and on my eye calendar and everything, but like major events, uh, weekly goals, monthly goals, things I'm trying to accomplish that has to be put down on paper a hundred percent. So I think having a calendar is a big deal. Um, I, I like to say that I'm a routine guy. Um, I try to be as routine as possible, but more so it's like, you know, look, life is constantly changing. Every day is different. And mm-hmm. I love it that way. Like if, if I was doing the same exact thing every single day, we'd be bored um, to death. We'd be bored to death. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that's what life is about anyways. Um, it's the reason we're entrepreneurs. We want For to sure. constantly have different days that's going exactly on. Right. Yeah. So um, instead of like having a routine, it's just more so about like, OK, I know that these are my non-negotiables that throughout the day I got to get these things done. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it happens at nine in the morning. Sometimes Sometimes it happens at nine at night, right? Yep. But as long as I get it done and I check off that box that like is something that needs to be done, I'm good with it. I say non-negotiables all the time. All the time. Like, this year I was like, I, I started at, we just moved here at the end of last year. And so mm-hmm. like I defined a new gym and all those good things. So like I went into my new gym and I was like, I'm going to be a 6 a.m. person. And she's like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's my goal. Like every morning at 6 a.m. And so like. It was for, a lie. Yeah, it was a total lie. Because here's the thing, like you said, like our, we can have our non-negotiables. So it's non-negotiable for me to like work out, you know. And at, after a couple weeks, of course, like my schedule went crazy. And she's like, I haven't seen you at 6 6 a.m. And I'm like, yeah, sometimes I'm at 5 p.m. Sometimes I'm at 6.30. I'm like, sometimes I get sick and I go to Anytime Fitness where nobody yeah. will talk to me, you know? Yeah. And I was like, mind you, Trisha has four gym memberships. I do have a lot I of gym it. memberships. I, I'm the same way. But that's my non-negotiable, right? Like, I can't always guarantee that I will be up at 6 a.m. because sometimes I work till, you know, like you said, like 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not getting up at 6 a.m. to go injure myself at CrossFit, 100%. but it is non-negotiable that I work out. So I love mm-hmm. that you said that because there's so much to be said about having I say all the time like I have a I have a plan every day it's on my Google calendar right but I also can pivot from that plan and adjust so that the important things still get done my non-negotiables and I can move things and it still works right and the reason I like that is because you know if you set like this whole like routine thing and trust me I know because I've been this person I'm only speaking from experience here Mm -hmm. is that when it used to be like okay wake up at five go to the gym at six uh, you know, meditate and read at seven, you know, like whatever it is. Okay. Well, if I don't wake up at five and I don't go to the gym at six, because that was my routine. Now I'm like, Oh, well shit. Okay. Tomorrow I'm going to make sure I get up and I go at six, but no, it's now it's not about like hitting it at the time marker. It's just hitting it. Like yes. just, just like hitting that. the target. Right. Like, like that's that. what it's about. Yeah. Cause otherwise it like spirals into failure. And that's exactly what I Literally. noticed with that. Like, Oh, if I'm not going at six, well then I don't want to go at six 30 because then I won't go at six the next morning because I already got there at six 30. And then I had to flip that mindset. Right. Like yeah. it just has to get done. It, it just has, has to get, get done. done wherever it gets done, whenever wherever it, gets it gets done, done however it gets yeah. done. As long as it's done before I close my eyes. Right. Yeah. I love that. I love that. 
Um, I live that life. Uh, <laughs> I have to be flexible. The kids are constantly. And, and I did that for a while. Like, remember, I had this. I was like, I'm going to do it this way and this way. And then there are sick children and all manner of nonsense breaks loose. So that is, no. um, that's comforting. Yeah, yeah. You're doing comforting. a good job. You're doing a good job. <laughs> Thank you. I need that every now and then. Um, so if you could give, you kind of gave us just like a bunch of awesomeness there. But if you could <clears> give... <throat> Aside from getting a planner and making a list of non-negotiables that isn't overwhelming, mm-hmm. I feel like that's where I started. I was like, here, I have seven non-negotiables for every day. And yeah, yeah. three of them got done. And I was like, obviously, these three are my actual non-negotiables. Yeah. Right? But if yeah. you could give other entrepreneurs three action steps or tips for marketing, client service, client retention that they could implement in their own business, what would it be? Um... Man, that's a really, really good question. So I would say that if you're an entrepreneur and you have a business, um, there's a few things that I think are absolutely mandatory non-negotiables as well, right? All right. Um, Number one is you have to figure out a way to get your customer's feedback. Like customer and client feedback, in my opinion, is like the most important thing for any business. Um, you know, our tagline for our business is that we're assets for customers, but we're advocates for, I'm sorry, we're assets for companies, but we're advocates for customers, right? Um, We want to help businesses obviously grow their business, but we also want to make sure that every single client, customer, you know, um, person that they deal with is like happy with the service that they provide. So I think that customer feedback is absolutely crucial. Um, Aside from that, you know, um, before they even become a customer, what's even more important than that is like, excuse me, selling. Like you have to have an OSS, you have to have an optimized selling strategy. I think that, you know, um, why most entrepreneurs either fail or don't make it or um, another thing that most entrepreneurs do is I call it the uh, the dome of diminishing return is what I call it, right? Ooh, tell me more about that. So the dome of diminishing return is like, and, and I'll just use like simple, you know, one through 10, right? One is you're starting, 10 is like you're at the elite level, okay? We'll go ahead and we'll start a endeavor, okay? And we'll go through all the trials and tribulations of level one through three. And that takes us, let's say, six months, okay? Well, then we get to four and we're hitting a wall for whatever reason. We can't get through. We can't get through. We can't get through. Well, you know what most entrepreneurs will do is they'll pivot to a new endeavor. Mm -hmm. And they start at one. And they go to three again and then they get to four and they're like, can't get through, can't get through. But this time, because you got to understand it, it's not the endeavor, it's the level. So endeavor number two, level one through three, it only took them two and a half months this time because they've been there before. Right. They're familiar with it. But they get to four and they can't break through again. And they're like, what the fuck? (laughs) So you know what they do? They change endeavors again. And now they get through one through three in like 30 days. But they get to four. And and I just think that what most entrepreneurs should do is you got to figure out a way to break through that fourth level and break through five, six, seven, eight, all the way up to 10. Right. Because if we just keep starting over and I and I get like it might sound like I'm contradicting myself because in the beginning I told you guys like I'm not afraid of starting over if I if I see something. But there comes a point in time where it's like, okay, it's not just about like 
starting over anymore. Now it's about being persistent. Now it's about overcoming. Now it's about, you know, uh, making what you truly want happen versus changing what you truly want because it's not happening. Yeah, the right? shiny object syndrome. You know how many times 100%. I've walked in my office and I'll see like two of my guys, they're sitting there, I'm like, what are you guys talking about? And they're like, new ways to make money. I'm like, how about you sell more houses? Literally. How about you sell more expensive houses? Yeah. How about you sell more expensive houses in bulk? Yeah. <laughs> like you just need to sell the houses. Hundred percent. What right. do I tell you, Kylie? Just do the things. Just do just the sell things. the houses. That's it. You That's don't it. need a new thing. You just need to keep doing what yeah. you're doing. And for you guys, it's huge because I mean, being a realtor, like every every agent that you guys have is an entrepreneur of their own, you know, portfolio. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Like they have a business within a business, right? Yeah. And so I think that that's it, you know, is, uh, you know, one is customer feedback and everything like leveraging that, you know, if you do that the right way, um, you know, when I used to go door to door, I like telling people this story because there was a reason that I went from being the newest sales guy in the room to running a entire sales office out in Grand Rapids. And I did that in six months. And that was because when I would go out there with my lead list, right, my territory, I would only probably talk to realistically. I would say if I had a lead list of 100 leads, I probably talked to 20% of that lead list. And the reason being is because when I got done with every single one of my sales is people whose problem you solve know someone else who has the same problem. Mm -hmm. That is just rule of thumb. Right. So and what I was selling was cable, Internet and home phone. So it was like, all right. So like if I'm in this house and you hate Comcast, I promise you, you know, someone who hates Comcast, too. And just getting that feedback and asking for the referral, there would be times where I would leave my territory because they would call their aunt, their cousin, their brother, their uncle. And they're like, yeah, he actually has Comcast, too. He's got the same problem. I'd be on my tablet. I'd look up. I'd be like, all right, what's their address? Okay, yeah, hey, we can service them. All right, I'm leaving my territory. I'm going over there. I would bounce from instead of going door to door, I was bouncing from house to house, like being referred to people. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, it was awesome because I I barely even had to give my pitch and fight my way into a house. It was like people were, you know, waiting for me with a basket of cookies. It was awesome. I love that. And I think you're um, another avenue or or perspective of of that, too, in real estate is like we've been talking at our office. That's like every like we said earlier, it was the sales department was like, I need more leads. I need more leads. I need more leads. But it's like if you go deep on your database and you go back 100%. like what Ryan and I are doing is we're calling friends, family, past clients. And we're just asking, yeah. hey, do you know anybody? Hey, can I drop flyers off at your work for a community board? Hey, you live in an apartment building. Do you know anybody who wants to move like going back and touching the people who already know, like and trust oh, touching them? Going back and calling on the people who know, like, and trust you is so much more effective than spending your time trying to acquire more cold or even lukewarm leads, right? Well, and I I don't know how you guys, oh, sorry, I was going to say, I don't know how you guys go about generating leads for your, uh, for your agents. Um, If any elite agents are watching this, you're going to hate me for this. But what we used to do literally in, uh, in order to get more leads for our company, you had to have a specific penetration rate on the leads that we gave you. If you didn't, if, again, if you had 100 leads and you didn't sell at least 12 packages out of that 100 leads, you're going back to that territory. 
And then what we would do, we'd get like ultra competitive because I'm screwed up in the head. <laughs> but literally what I would tell agents is they'd be like, you know, oh, well, my territory is trash. You know, like I, I like it's a bad territory. So I would say, OK, you know what we're going to do today is you're going to take my territory. I'm going to take your territory. If I make a sale today, I get your paycheck for the week. Deal? Boom. And they would be like, no, 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 I'll go back and I'll go back and sell something. And I'm like, oh, OK, cool, because they knew I was going to go grab a sale from that territory. You know, what I mean, it was just a matter of. And not because you're like super ultra salesman, no, but no, because no. you're doing the things. Yeah. And you're asking for the sale. Like, that's what I was about to say. Like, there's so many people that just don't ask. OK, sale. like, oh, you don't want to buy a house. Great. Who do you know that does want to buy a house? Right. Like that's when it. I was at decision one, um, when the subprime implosion happened, I had a choice. I could lose my job and be a single mom of a two year old with no job or I could go out and do sales, which terrified me. I'd never done sales. I was always a paper pusher. This is my job. I get my check. I do my job. I do my job. I get my check. Right. But if you either have no job or you go out and do sales, you go out and do sales. And the dude whose sales, whose territory I took over was this big dude who worked in Southwest Detroit. So here little me come in my little SUV that I shouldn't be driving for sales because gas is expensive. And I'm walking into like in the, the worst neighborhood, Southwest Detroit, like all the hood, like, yeah. all right, I'm gonna walk into strangers offices and be like, please send me loans, please yeah, send yeah, me yeah. loans that I don't even know like how to explain like how to do loans, right? Yeah, like yeah. I only like don't do math. the paper, right? So. <laughs> I just had to like walk in and do it. I didn't have a choice, right? Yeah. Like it was burn the boats, you're gonna sell this stuff. And it was, and that was it. But you know what? I did it because I didn't have any other choice. Yeah. And so it's like, I took over this territory that this guy would rather quit than work. Yeah. And I, I blew it out of the water. It was awesome. Like obviously, like I made the money, I did the things until they got rid of all of subprime yeah. lending, but yeah. I was able to do it, you yeah. know? And that is how I broke into sales. 100%. It was like, you don't have a choice, you're gonna sell this stuff or, you're going to be homeless yeah. when you're two-year-old. Your kid ain't going to eat. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest thing that I would tell salespeople, and this is probably my favorite saying of all times, is, um, you know, because, you know, uh, for anyone who's like, oh, well, you're just some super sales guy or whatever. Like, I'm not. One. And even if I was, I haven't always been this way. Right? Like, I, I was the newest guy in the room. How did I get to being a director? How did I get to being a, an office manager or anything like that? It's because I make up in numbers what I lack in skill. Right. So if you're closing one out of every 10 houses or I'm sorry, three out of every 10 houses and I'm only closing one out of 10, I can still beat you. You talk to 10 people, you get three sales. I talk to 100 and I get 10. Right. Like you have to make up in numbers what you lack in skill. Yeah. And I think like going back to like your very first story about you waiting tables, you look at how you can deliver great service and take care of people and yeah. then they want to send you business. So like Literally. for myself at Elite Realty, like I don't take leads. All of the houses that I sell are people saying, hey, Trish, take care of my mom. Yeah, hey, yeah, Trish, yeah. take care of my kids. Yeah. They know that Trish takes care of people. Referrals. So I don't take any leads at all yeah. whatsoever. I just open, and I hate telling these stories at the office because they're like, you're so lucky. And Because yeah, yeah, I'll be yeah. like, they I open Facebook it. Messenger and like six clients are sitting there. I know, and, and I'm always like, oh, pobrecita, what a terrible problem to have. Yeah. But it's not because I have any certain skill set. No, it's no, just no. because no matter what, 
what I'm doing in life, I look at how can I take care of people? How can I take care of you? You came to my house. Who can I send business to? Now I know about your business. Now I know you take care of people. I want to take care of that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and sometimes that sucks. Like I have agents that come in and they suck all my knowledge and all my training and then they know how to do it really, really good and then they go work for the dude who only wants a dollar to hold your license, right? Like that sucks, but it's part of the game, right? Like, And we've all dealt with that as well, so hey. Yeah, but now I have a reputation out there that like Trish has the best training. She can take any agent and make them amazing, and she takes care of people. Yep. And and that's what it's about. And that's yep. why you're good at sales, and that's why you move up in the ranks, right? Yep. yep, yep. It's definitely the support factor too, you know. And that's that's it, really. Like referrals are my modern day waiter tip. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's yeah. just the cherry on top, right? So. Well, we like to ask this question because it's always interesting to hear, you know, where people come from. Most often the story is, I plan on doing this or I was going to go do that. Like Trisha was going to be a doctor. I was going to be a lawyer. Someone was going to be a hockey player. Um, but if you weren't doing this, yeah. what? and I think the answer is always the same, but if you weren't doing this, what yeah, would you yeah. be doing? No, we know where this is going. Um, <laughs> so I was, you know, the dream was to be a professional athlete. Like for me... And uh, and I was good. Like, I'm not tooting my own horn here. Like I even to this day, like I'm an athlete, but it had to pivot. So uh, a little bit of backstory that I didn't touch on in the beginning. When I was 12, I got diagnosed with osteosarcoma, which is a bone cancer. Mm. And that was in my right leg. So I'm healthy now. Everything is great. It's been over 15 years. Uh, But where the tumor was located, it was like so close to my knee that they had to remove the tumor. I have a total knee replacement. I actually just had to get it replaced again last November. Um, Probably got a few more to go, you know, before uh, my time here. But uh, basically, I couldn't play the sports that I used to anymore because of either like the intensity or taking a hit to the leg. Right. So, you know, uh, what I had started doing a little bit was like I had coached, you know, some sports and everything. But that was also hard for me. And it's funny. I was just talking to uh, my girlfriend. Her brother is uh, is the goalkeeper coach for uh, DCFC, the MLS uh, team here in Detroit. Right. And, uh, you know, we went to one of their games uh, just the other day and it was a tough loss. Right. And I was like, man, I don't know how your brother does it. Like me being a coach was the toughest thing ever because it's like I just want to be on the field making the play versus telling them like this is the play that you're supposed to make. But it also subsequently is my biggest demise when it comes to being like a sales manager. Mm -hmm. Every company that I've ever worked for that's like, yo, you're a savage in sales. We want you to train other people. And I'm like. I do it and I give them my scripts. I get like, trust me, but like, I just can't be, and I don't mean this like in a cocky or conceited way, but I can't reduplicate myself Mm. because it's not, it's not just the words that I'm saying. It's the mindset. It's the, it's the, the, um, the confidence that I have. It's more importantly than the mindset. It's the freaking passion. Mm -hmm. Passion pays the bills. That's what I tell people, you know, you can't teach it. And and it's just, you know, that, that attitude that I have towards like, I'm going to get the result that I want. That's it period. And I'm not going to stop until I get it. That is very, very hard to, you know, you can't make somebody as hungry as you are. And that was it. Like, for me, it wasn't anything other than I was just super, super hungry, you know. Um, But, yeah, that's really what it came down to. I'm going to say that saying all the time. Passion pays the bills, people. Period. Like, that's that's what people need to understand. It's not your skill set is developed by how passionate you are. Like, Mm -hmm. you're... 
you know, your ability to move up is developed. I don't know how pa- everything is about passion. Like you can't pay your bills with people's opinions, but you can pay your bills with passion. Mm-hmm. And you, I think that like you don't have to have <laughs> a giant passion for what you're doing if a passion for something else is motivating you. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have a giant passion for sales and selling houses and stuff. Not at all. What I do have a passion for is providing for my family, 100%. giving them things that we didn't have. Hundred percent. And coming to that space where. You say yes. Yeah. You want a dirt bike? What did the girl say? We want dirt bikes and four wheelers. Yes. Yep. We want a new house because we're tired of living in a postage stamp. Yes. yes. You know, so yeah. having, because I think a lot of people um, feel like you have to have a passion for sales. You have right. to be a salesperson. You don't. You don't at all. You don't. So many people ask me, they're like, Rob, how, like, how did you get into this? How did you pick this? And I tell people all the time, I've never been so like, I, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. Like I want to be in sales for real estate or I want to have a software and solutions company. Like I've never, that's never been it. My chief aim is just like to be great. Right. And it doesn't matter what it is that I'm doing because I've done everything and I've always, you know, done pretty well for myself and what I do. It's just because my chief aim is to be great, to be the best at whatever it is that I'm being like. Mm. That's it. Personal excellence is the ultimate rebellion. (laughs) I like that. I like that. I stole that from Andy Frisell. I listen to a lot. of Do you? The MF CEO podcast? Mm. Big one. It's on my bucket list. I need to put it on my vision board for next year to go meet him at like the Arete syndicate thing yeah are you guys a part of the urite syndicate i thought about joining up but it just wasn't in the cards like because i i get they they obviously have like an entry fee which is skin in the game you know you're gonna take something more seriously when you pay for it it wasn't in the cards for us this year we gotta buy a house and we gotta buy some dirt bikes that's gotta come first but for sure next year you january you gotta help make me make a vision board and put that on there i want to meet him so bad i just keep doing 75 hard over and over again and just thinking that like i am his his friend (laughs) you know like we're in this together we're doing 75 hard together over and over and over and over again no, I, she dragged I me through it this year, me and Ryan. And, and Ryan's it like, changed your life. It changed my life. And yeah. Ryan's like, it changed my life. We ain't never doing that. Not never again. That's what Dave likes to say. <laughs> but he does it with me every year because he knows it's great. Because you get in that uh, flow good. of greatness, no, right? He lost, like, like, it helped us with time management. It helped our relationship. It helped us lose weight and get healthier. Yep, yep, yep. And um, just... I think just like the not drinking, the not having Coke, you know, the trying to watch what you're eating. Well, and the 75 hard is the definition of having non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. Right, there exactly. Is no, there is no time schedule on it. It's just you got to get this done within your day. And that's it, period. And there were so many times where Ryan was like, all right, it's 1035. I'm going to go do my 45-minute outdoor. I'm like, cool, I'll do my 45-minute indoor. He's like, and then we'll just come back in the house and we'll just fall down. Yeah. And you develop that mindset that, like, literally everything is figure outable. Like, you can make anything happen. I think you even said this already. Like, you can make yeah. anything happen, like, if you want it to happen. So, yeah. like, I know we're getting towards the end of the time, and I don't want to run out of time before you get to drop your contact info. So where can all of our entrepreneurs find you? Yeah, um, pretty easy to find across the board, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Um, it's rob.velasquez. Uh, that's uh, all my pages. For our business, it's uh, Stride Solutions on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, you should definitely check us out there, you know. And then 
uh, reach out to us if you guys have a business and you're looking for, you know, some type of marketing and communication services. If you guys need hot quality leads, and I'm not talking about some BS list of uh, shared leads that we sell to you and other companies. I'm talking about live inbound phone calls that come directly to you guys. Um, you know, we can help out with that. So awesome. It. Okay. Love do we it. have, do we have time for one fun question? Yes. Okay. Oh, which one is it? Okay. His, his info will also be in the show notes. Yep. Oh yeah. In the description. Um, who is your favorite villain and why? Villain, man. Picking a favorite hero is super easy. Ah, oh, shit. My favorite villain. I did not even see that question on there. I would put some thought into that one. Good. Um, could it be anybody? Anybody, any comic book, movie, TV, story. I mean, like legend. I said Biden when they asked this question because everybody <laughs> hates him all the time. So it's like, See, it's like literally where your mind goes, oh, right? Like, yeah, I was like, oh man, my third grade anybody. teacher was the word. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> my fourth grade um, teacher was my, no. I would say, um, man, a super cool villain. No, your favorite. My favorite. It doesn't okay. have to be cool. I picked the Joker because he just, I have this dark yeah. inside place where I would just love to cause mayhem for absolutely zero reason. No reason like at all. I like that. I like that. I mean, man, there's two that are popping out to me. One is Mojo Jojo from the Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> Mojo Jojo! Nikki that used to call my stepdad Mojo Jojo. My mom was Bubbles. I That's her email address. Remember when we were talking about email addresses? Yeah, I mean, he was like the first villain that I think I ever understood. Um, I'm glad you, you said know. Mojo Jojo and not him. Yeah. Remember the him character? No, 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 no. Well, he was like this, well, another All right, way. go ahead. What's your other one? The other one would probably be, and this one is more like me trying to like be cool with my answer, but the Sandman from uh, from Spider-Man, right? Like okay. this guy who can just like break down and, and deform into anything and like literally like go into crawl spaces, but also flip over a dump truck. Like mm. it's uh, is a pretty, you know, I can see that with solid you. superhero. I yeah, can yeah, see yeah. that. That's a, lot of, solid that's villain. a lot of uh, things you can do, right? Strength, yeah, yeah, yeah. sneaky. Yeah. A lot of good reasons. And I think he's like a chameleon. Like he could shape shift and stuff like that, I think. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. You get a lot of perks with that one. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I dig it. Definitely. <laughs> cool. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you, Rob, for joining us. This was such an amazing interview. Listeners out there, you know we're going to have a part two coming up, so you better hit that subscribe right. button. Don't forget to like, listen, subscribe, and share. We drop fresh episodes every Thursday all over the place. So make sure you stay in touch with us and come back next week for some more Elite Life. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you so much. We thank you so much for joining us today on the Elite Live with Trish and Kylie. Be sure to share the episode with a friend so we can continue bringing you more great tips on grit, grace, and real estate. You can also connect with us on Instagram, Facebook. We hope the ideas we share continue to help you build an empire and leave a legacy.